As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Something really interesting happened when I went to see a show not so long ago. I went to see. Have you ever seen uh, Ozo Motley? You know them, Funkhauser. You ever you ever heard oh, of Ozo yeah. Motley? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're sort of like this rather. Ah, I, I don't know what you'd call them. They're sort of like a a Hispanic hip hop jam band. D- does that make sense? Am I adequate? Am I doing them justice? Very talented musicians. Not necessarily my bag. Like, not a band I'm super passionate about, but a band I'd seen a couple times before in the past, like on Warp Tours as a kid. They've been around for a really long time, and uh, they were rolling through town, and uh, they were doing something kind of interesting, which is they were playing with a symphony. And I was like, all right, <laughs> my curiosity has been aroused. I'll bite. And I probably wouldn't have gone to see him if it wasn't for the fact that they were playing with a symphony, because I was just like, what are they going to be doing? What are they going to, how does that, how's that going to go? Because not only is it sort of like a band backed up by a symphony, which, you know, could go one of two ways. It could be cheesy and horrendous, or it could be like kind of majestic and awesome. But the other thing I was wondering about was like, you know, a symphony crowd, people with season tickets that just, you know, go to see everything. Like, what the hell is this uh, Mexican hip-hop group doing on stage with our beloved symphony that, you know, has also, you know, last time we were here, they were doing an evening with Burt Bacharach. This is not the same thing at all. Like I said, this is kind of like a warp Tour band. And... It was, well, first and foremost, it was really good. Like I said, this is not a band that I love, I'm not a huge fan of, but, you know, I I appreciate them, and I was just kind of curious to see what was going on. But the people that like them are really into them. And they have this sort of, like, activist streak to them. And I don't know exactly where their politics lie, but they do, you know, have politics. And they they speak out for things like peace, you know, kind of hippy-dippy things that guys in bands tend to speak out for, alternatives to violence. And look, I'm a big fan of alternatives to violence. That's something I can get behind. I don't know where I stand with the rest of them. But what was interesting about the crowd was it was exactly as I expected it to be. Half of the people were people that were Ozo Motley fans and stoked to be there. And the other half were people like, I say, I've, I've got season tickets to the symphony, and I, I don't know why the why are the people that aren't white on stage, why are the people that aren't white on stage, what's going on here, I say, this isn't, uh, 
It's not exactly show, Pat, is it? It was literally a whole bunch of very nonplussed people going, what the hell have I stumbled onto? And it was at a venue where everyone was sitting down. Sitting down, which is not the, uh, not the way you usually watch a band like this. And they kept saying things like, get up and dance. And I was like, oh, this is going to be painful. And all throughout the first half of their show, they were like, get up and dance, get up and dance. And there was some, I don't know, occasional dancing, and it was a little sad, it was a little pathetic. I was like, oh, God, either you're going to quit this or you're going to win these people over. And I don't know what happened during the intermission, but something very interesting happened after the intermission. Something that I'm probably going to carry with me for a very, very long time. Something that was an important reminder, an important lesson about A, the power of music, B, the fact that there's really no reason whatsoever that we, as a species, shouldn't be getting along. What happened? It was magical. Freaking magical, I tell you. Join in the conversation at ADSXE at Funk FM. Thank you so much for hanging out, being part of my radio family. Ozomali at the symphony. This uh, sort of like Hispanic, almost like a Hispanic sublime, I suppose, really. Yeah. Uh, sort of like Spanish language, hip hop, funk. Uh, I don't know. If you've uh, seen him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A, a veritable mishmash, a hodgepodge, a melting pot of musical styles, but one that's more based around uh, inciting mosh pits than entertaining people at the Symphony Dictionary. Um And uh, desperately, they were trying to get people out of their seats because, you know, uh, what the hell are they doing playing at a place where people sit down? this type of band that's more used to mosh pits than anything else. And (laughs) throughout the first half of their set, they were desperately trying to get people uh, to dance. They kept saying like, Hey, it's okay. If you dance, it's okay. If you dance, it's okay. If you dance. And there was a smattering of dancing that was quickly quelled by the ushers. Like if you want to dance, you got to go to the sides. You can't obstruct people's view who are sitting down. And then something happened in the second half of the show. I don't know exactly what it was. But it was this mixture of people that were, I don't know. (laughs) It was this mixture of people that were, like I said, what you would expect at a show like this. Hispanic, skate, punk kids. And sort of very upper crusty, uptight symphony fans. And something happened. Where, I, I, I don't know, maybe they'd had a couple extra beers during the intermission or something like that. But the Ozomotli fans were like, man, uh, we're just going to do this. And they stood up. They started dancing. And they were in the way of everybody that was sitting down trying to sort of like enjoy the show and appreciate the musicianship. And, you know, it, it, you could kind of look around people and see the band a little bit. But and then another person got up and started dancing and you couldn't really look around them. And finally, 
finally, it was just, you couldn't see anything. But no one's like, I'm going to leave. Yeah, everyone was just sort of like, oh, I can't be bothered to leave. And slowly, one or two people started standing up so they could see as well. And then it was almost like involuntary. But they're like, okay, we'll put our hands in the air when they say to. And then they started, <laughs> they started, they started almost, almost resentfully moving in time to the music. And it was almost if you, as if you could see the look on people's faces, their expressions change. Be like, I, I say, I, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. It's a different type of fun that I'm used to having, but I'm having fun. And I don't know about you, but for me, music has always been kind of a confrontational thing. I believe in punk rock. I believe in fighting for your band. I spent a lot of time out on the road as a kid winning audiences over, mostly by screaming at them through terrible PAs. (laughs) Just really sort of like this aggressive confrontational punk rock thing, and that's sort of how I saw music growing up. I've never once in my life seeing such a powerful uniting of people as I saw at this show. There was a freaking conga line going around this place that usually houses symphonies. And if you looked in it, every age, race, and demographic was represented. And everyone was having a good time. And what was interesting is in the first half of the show, when people were starting to get up and dance, you might, you, could, you could pretty much bottle the sentiment of the symphony regulars being like, ugh. People that aren't white ruin everything. And then, and there was this outpouring of togetherness and happiness, and ah, it was just fun. It was fun. There was no two ways about it. It was impossible not to get caught up in the fun. And it was such, like I said, a uniting thing. And it was an excellent reminder of the fact that We are all underneath the skin on a biological level. We are so unbelievably similar. And migratory patterns dating back to our ancestors have taken us to different parts of the world. And different parts of the world with different environments have caused us to evolve in different ways. People that lived in areas where there was a lot of ice developed flaps of skin over their eyes. People that were in hotter climates, their skin became darker. But all, all of us, on a biological level, underneath the skin, we are all incredibly similar. We have the same wants, hopes, and dreams for the most part. Now, you know, this is uh, obviously sort of negating folks like ISIL that just want to saw people's heads off for no good reason other than that they're crazy. Just You, you can't reason with them. You, you just you can't. But the vast majority of us want the same things. We want to be happy and we want to get along. And I think we all know this. But if you get a chance to indulge in a reminder like I did at the show the other night, if you get a chance to 
be in the presence of a powerful unifying force, whether that is music or whether that is someone speaking or whether that is culture or art or love or fun or whatever it is, expose yourself to that at every opportunity you get. Because we must remember in these days of increasingly active racial divisions, in these days of people that would seek to divide us for profit, uh, figureheads of religious natures that would seek to tell us that our fellow man is our enemy in some way, shape or form because they voted differently or because the color of their skin is different or people that would race bait for profit. It is so important to remember that underneath it all, we are the same. We want the same things. We have different means of getting there, but we want the same things. And we should remember that. And when we encounter people that experience life differently, have fun differently, if they're not hurting anyone, we should maybe step back and learn a couple things from maybe join in. We might actually have some freaking fun ourselves. That would be a nice turn up for the book. Speaking of fun, how are you today, Funkhauser? I'm good. You I'm just good. moved, didn't you? You are now officially cohabiting with a girlfriend. Yep, in Pasadena. <laughs> How's that working out? Mm. It's all right. It's all right. You know, it's like the first week. Every time you move, you got to look for like appliances and like where do I park and what what are the street signs say and everything and you know I. You can't park overnight in Pasadena, so uh, so it's been kind of a challenge looking for parking at night. Oh. But, um, you know, certain cities do that. Yeah, I hate dealing with... After having lived in New York City for a big chunk of my life, I would probably neglect to live somewhere where I had to look for a parking spot at the end of the, uh, end of the night. I would refuse to have to deal with that. Like, I... Uh, <laughs> Like, I remember when I moved out of New York City, like, if I'm going to have to look for or pay for parking, it'll put me off going to something. Like, <laughs> like there, there, there's this one venue out here that's basically sort of like a college, and uh, unlike going downtown to a House of Blues type of situation or something like that, where you got to look for parking, and you got to look for parking where you got to pay for it, like, this one college venue that I like a lot has, like, ample free parking, and for that reason... I would much rather go see a show there than anywhere else. It's just a converted school gym, kind of a crappy place to see a show. But just because I don't have to stress about parking, that's where I want to be. But you now have to look for parking every single night of your life, huh? Yeah, until you get one of those parking passes. I guess the oh, city, okay. you know, that's how a city makes money. But did you hear Kimmel um, took the subway to the to the Emmys last night? <laughs> he didn't even drive. I, I did not. I did not catch that. I mean, you know, it's probably the easiest way to do things in New York. Bloomberg used to take the subway in New York City all the time. He was like, it's the fastest way for me to be. I'm not going to take a town car. I'm not going to do something like that. I'm just going to take the subway like I always have. Smart. Yep. Economical. Economical. Well, we'll talk about your living situation in just a little bit. Right now, though, let's look at the events of today in our segment, My Witness News. Not in any way, shape, or form fair, certainly not balanced. What happened? Well, the 66th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards aired last night on NBC. Mm-hmm. Once again, uh, Jim Parsons won for Best Actor. Modern Family won for Best Comedy. And once again, I was the winner for not watching. What else? <laughs> Uh, Breaking Bad won Emmys for Outstanding Drama, Outstanding Actor, Outstanding Supporting Actress, Outstanding Supporting Actor, and Outstanding Writing. So basically Mm. everything. Yeah. Basically collected more metal than Suge Knight's butt at a Chris Brown party. What else? (laughs) 
Did he Seth make it? Ma- Is he okay? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Myers did a really good job. He, he did an excellent job of reminding us why we don't miss him on Weekend Update. Mm. If you're watching the Emmys, you're probably stoked if halfway through, Ferguson Looter stole your TV. <laughs> uh, go on. Uh, it's funny how the Emmys now consider shows that air online, like Netflix and stuff. Yeah, yeah. At this rate, maybe next year, my friend's hot mom or one of the features on bangbus.com will get a nod for best drama. Let's hope. Come on. Let's hope. Do you ever... <laughs> there was a, there, there's a very sort of like uptight English television presenter, or a sports guy. I don't know if he's still around in England, but I think his name was Desmond Lyman. And um, the, the first year that uh, beach volleyball became part of the Olympics, the, this is how he introduced it. He was like, right then. Going down to the pub has not yet become an Olympic sport, but somehow beach volleyball has. Here's how it works. He couldn't, like, possibly have showed more disdain for it. And I think that's how a lot of people feel about, like, digital-only stuff ending up uh, being nominated for Emmy Awards. But, you know, this means a lot of your friends in the adult industry might be just a hop, skip, and a jump away from collecting some real awards, Von Kauser. I hope so. I hope they, uh, mm-hmm. they credit me in their thank you notes. <laughs> What else happened? Did you watch any of it? I did. I saw the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You did. Mm-hmm. See, you're you're an LA guy. I, I think like entertainment award shows. Maybe and stop me if I'm being egregiously unfair. But like the entertainment industry, it's like it, it's what it's the lifeblood of Los Angeles in a lot of ways. It's like you know metal being part of Pittsburgh or, or something like that. It's like the New York Stock Exchange in New York. It, like the entertainment industry is a, a part of the fabric of people of Los Angeles. So I kind of give, you know, I understand more when people that are from L.A. say they watched entertainment award shows. Is that fair? Is that okay to say? Uh, you know, that, I think everybody in L.A. hates the award shows because it closes the streets and uh, makes life a real bitch to get around, but uh, right. But you yeah. watch them. I I watch them because I like Disneyland and stuff like that. Magical <laughs> moments. The Immemorium was really good because they had Billy Crystal coming out. Yeah, that's got to be tough. I like. I, I was when it, also like. I never watch anything like this anymore because you just know you can basically get the entertaining cliff notes the next morning online. Yeah, and uh, I almost watched the Billy Crystal thing, his tribute to Robin Williams. I was like, no, that'll make me sad and reflective, and I just can't be sad and reflective on a Tuesday. I've got to go into the office and <laughs> kick some sort of ass. So like that'll just that'll just make me feel things, and I can't have that when I'm going into middle management. Uh, so like I gave it a big misseru, but I kind of planned to watch that over the weekend. It was good. Well, the one clip you have to see is the Sofia Vergara thing that she introduced the. Like the head of TV or something, and they put her on a on a rotating pedestal as he did the uh, his bo- like the most boring part of the award shows when the you know the head of the awards committee comes out and talks about how important it is. Well, while they were doing that, Sofia Vergara was doing a little spin. <laughs> so she was actually uh, finally just like you couldn't have someone more effectively objectified in the entertainment industry for being a woman. We're just going to have you stand up here, spin around, and look pretty. Well, to make this boring part more interesting, that's what happened. That's what they're saying too today, and it was, and it did. <laughs> I, I can see that. What else happened? Uh, Peter Dinklage didn't win for best supporting actor in a drama series. 
Oh, yeah. I bet a lot of people were angry about that. He's that little Peter guy, Dinklage. right? Yeah, he's a little person that's been in tons of stuff. I mean, but he's really having a great run of it in Game of Thrones. I, I guess I could understand him not winning. He's easy to overlook. <laughs> yeah. See what I did there? <sighs> I think it bothered him, though, because people who saw him afterwards said he was a little short with him. part of my radio family if you want to join the conversation at ADSXE is where you can find me also holler at super producers of the stars Barry Funkhauser at Funk FM is where he bees on Twitter I got a tweet from uh, Reaper Garcia <laughs> on Twitter and I think he was making reference to the symphony crowd I was doing an impersonation of my stodgy sort of like uptight English accent I say it's really uh, it, it's, it's simply wonderful to see you here yes isn't it great <laughs> being white and stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with being a different color, but being white, it does rule. Uh, But (laughs) he he gave me the nicest compliment. He said, my Thurston Howell is pretty good. And I was like, oh, Thurston Howell. That's what it is. I'd always gone gone for a grown-up version of Stewie from Family Guy. But um, yeah, Thurston Howell sounds infinitely classier. guy called Donnie Meismer tweeted me saying, I try and do that same voice when I order an expensive prostitute. I mean, wine. (laughs) I love my radio family. If you're a part of it, thank you so much for being so. Funkhauser, you are uh, cohabiting as of this Monday with the new girlfriend. Yes. Um, how's that working out? It, it's good. Like, I mean, you know what's interesting, though? Uh, you guys haven't been together a, a really long time, have you? And you're already jumping into that, you know, sharing a space thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, they say when you know, you know. And I've, I've been through hell in my last one. So this is the polar opposite. And uh, well, it's, it's going okay. I gotta say, I, well, you know, hey, now there's a uh, there's a there's a stunning endorsement. It's going okay. Mm-hmm. I have to say though, like when I first met you, I met your girlfriend at the same time, and to your credit, and one like if it was some other friend of mine, I'd be like, really, dude, you're, you've only been together this long. You're gonna move in together. I would have said that, except for when I met you guys. You'd only been together for, what, a, a few weeks. It was like a brand new relationship, right? Yeah, it was our first, like, vacation trip out of town together. Yeah. yeah. And so um, when I met you guys, you'd only been together for a few weeks, but I thought she'd been your girlfriend of years. You had this really kind of, like, cool, easygoing thing with one another, and you both acted the same. When I first met Funkhauser, I was like, hi, you must be Funkhauser, and I went to shake his hand, and he went, I'm a hugger, and gave me a hug. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, <laughs> and then and then his girlfriend did the same thing. I was like, oh, two peas in a pod. These guys, they, well, this guy and this girl, they must have been together for a long time. And I was shocked to find out that you'd only been together for sort of like a couple of weeks. And I was just like, wow, they 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 seem to be uh, built for life together. It's a it's a good one. And uh, I, uh, I I congratulate you on you. your choice of uh, <laughs> I congratulate you on your choice of person to cohabit with. I, I feel like you're off you to can a flying think, start. You can thank Tinder for that connection. Which is, <laughs> the uh, uh, the Facebook hookup app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know anything about Tinder. I've never I I don't have it. Although um, <laughs> I will say this though. Do you, you know Grinder? Yeah. All right, so Grinder is like for people that don't know, it's a gay hookup app. And I went to see Aziz Ansari do stand up, and he was talking about the Grinder app. I think it was Aziz Ansari, and um, I was like, "That's the craziest thing!" And um, like, out of curiosity, downloaded the Grinder app. Turns out, my across the hall neighbor super gay turns out like like five people on my floor super gay now the guy across the hall i had an idea of because there was this one time where and he's like this manly man doing manly things like he looks like a football coach Uh, like i would always see him in his football sort of like windbreaker being like did you catch the game today manly men doing manly things and um and then one time when i was riding the elevator up he was decked out in full regalia and bear in mind this guy's like i don't know 45 50 and uh, he was like 45 or 50, and um, we were riding the elevator together, and this guy lives across the hall from me. And uh, in the elevator with him, a young man that I'd never seen before, this sort of like Asian 19-year-old that goes into his house with him. And I was like, mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was little to no surprise to find out that um, he showed up. He showed up. He showed up on the uh, he showed up on the grinder app. It was like you have someone on the grinder app ten feet away from you. I was like no, and then I realized across the hallway there he was. Mm-hmm. Yep, true story. You know, By there's the way, a straight one called Blender. Really? Yeah. <laughs> See, like here's the thing. I don't buy into that. Like the grinder app, I think is legit and real deal because it showed me like five people that lived in my building that were gay and looking for companionship. Quick smart. And these are people that I'd seen around. I think that any kind of uh, straight sort of like thing like that, like that, that's purely about getting busy, about getting, getting. <laughs> bumping uglies or or, or or sort of like getting horizontal with people or swapping bodily fluids any kind of thing like that i don't i don't believe in i don't believe in like did you see that thing about ashley madison the women are waiting to have an affair with you they hate their husbands and they just want what you're packing south of the equator big boy like you know the ashley madison website right oh yeah it turns out like 40% of the female profiles on there are fake or something like that. I don't know. The company's getting sued. Cause, and I just, I'm inclined to believe that most of what you're going to find on a guy-girl hookup sort of situation that is expressly just about sex is going to be, like, I think you're going to find about 10%, 10% will probably be legit. 40% will be prostitutes or escort services and the other 40% will be fake. That that's what I'm guessing with the uh with the straight hookup app. Why do you know anybody that's used it with any success? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh which one? Grinder? 
Not grinder. Like I, I, I believe the gay one works impeccably. But the uh, <laughs> what, that one what works about like the... you know ordering free delivery or something. Yeah, it's just uh, like... blender. I In, insert your own Wayne's World cream of some <laughs> young guy joke wherever you feel it's appropriate. But like what else? Well, uh, blender works. I could really. I, yeah, yeah, it works. You, you've used it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Ah. Which segues right into my next segment about uh, good things about being single. There's a few benefits to staying single. You spend four to five hours less doing chores every week. You get 30 more minutes of sleep a night. You don't have to lie about your finances, which 35% of couples who combine finances admit they've done. Why else should you be staying single? We'll discuss that shortly. Joining the conversation at ADSXE at Funk FM. date over the weekend this could make you feel better benefits of still being single funkhauser now that you've officially moved in with someone over the weekend you ready to hear what you're missing out on yes this one sort of boggles my mind when you are single you spend four to five hours less on chores every week according to a study at the university of michigan Single women do 13 hours of chores a week compared to 17 for married men. For single guys, it's nine hours, 14 hours for married men. I don't understand how for... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Single women do 13 hours of chores a week compared to 17 for married women. Guys go up from nine hours to 14 hours of chores. Sorry, just uh, just boggling my mind over these facts. I don't understand how when you come together as a couple, the workload gets bigger. How does that, how, how the hell does that work? Is that why I'm so tired all the time now? I probably, I mean, like I, that one, I really don't understand. I don't understand it all because you would think the whole sort of like mathematical equation of many hands making light work. Well, it's just like, as opposed to having to do the laundry, the dishes and take out the garbage and mow the lawn, you're just going to mow the lawn and take out the garbage. I'm going to do the dishes and the laundry or, you know, before uh, feminazis get all up in my grill, um, (laughs) You can you you can mow the lawn and do the dishes, and um, the guy can take out the garbage and do the laundry. Just so we're sort of not stereotyping the the chore that we're apportioning to either side of the relationship. But bottom line is, I don't understand how people do more chores when they're in a relationship than when they're out. Is it because I mean, Funkhauser, you are the best example I can think of because this change in your life is the freshest. Did you go from Did you go from like? 
sitting in your own filth and living a very sort of like no. Spartan utilitarian life with no chores necessary? Like, did you did you eat off of paper plates and things like that so you wouldn't have to do dishes? And now you're sort of like with a girl. You're like, let's get out the good china. Like, what? No, how did? I, how how is this possible? I think that your life just becomes more boring when you're in a relationship <laughs> and you have more hours to spend. So you know, you, you get more stuff done. You spend more time doing stuff. Because, I mean, I'm as clean as I've ever been. I just spend more time doing it now. What is it about being in a relationship where you have to do stuff together? You have to have a shared experience. Like, and maybe this is a guy-girl divide. I'm not sure. Maybe this is, you know, we're from Mars. They're from Venus. They like to go out. We like to stay in. Like, but... (laughs) Don't you find that you go out, like, you, you you put all this work into building a home so you can leave it and go out of it all the time? Like, like do you find that in a relationship you're, you're constantly going out and doing things together as opposed to just sitting at home and vegetating like you used to? In the beginning of the relationship, you know, when you're courting, I, I go out, like, you know, two or three times a week. But after that, I'm a homebody, you know. Let's go on a Netflix marathon, you know. That's, that's what I'm all – because – you know the the less the less time spent outside for me the better i am amen brother mm. I, I i yes i am one of the last great true indoorsmen that's I, and I what still... makes it special too is when you know yeah. you go out here's and there's yeah <laughs> that, that's kind of true let me ask you this um is she as open to the idea of sitting at home vegetating uh whilst going through a, a everything in your netflix queue yeah, we're supposed to go on another Breaking Bad marathon, so that'll that'll lock me in for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, she's all about it. A lot of oh, chicks are like cool. that, though. You know, they 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 like you know once they have arm candy, they kind of settle in too. <laughs> At least the ones I hang out with. That's an interesting one. I don't know. You know what I find? I find Netflix and the instant queue makes me want to go out. Because like, I no, I like, I can't get into, I will spend so much more time going through my instant queue and adding things to my instant queue than actually sort of like f- watching stuff. Like I'll add, there's things that have been on my Netflix instant queue for years. And I think they're like vaguely edifying, but they're also two and a half hours long. And I know I'm never going to choose to watch them, but I've noticed that the longer I have Netflix, the longer I spend either going through the queue or adding things to the queue. And it's that non-committal thing. Do you do this too? Where it's just like, oh, there's nothing in my queue I want to watch. Let's see what the new releases are. This looks good. Not good enough to watch now, but I'll put it in my queue for later. It's never going to get watched. Do you do that too? Yeah, well, we share our Netflix. So, like, you know, something will come up. I'll look in the instant queue and there's like, uh, you know, uh, all the seasons of Cake Boss in there. And I'll be like, <laughs> uh, scroll through that, scroll through that. And then there's like, you know, uh, the Kardashians. It's like, why would you even add that? <laughs> you know, I'm never gonna, we're never going to watch that. Did you find yourself going through your Netflix instant queue going like, hmm, apparently I'll like this because of the fact that I enjoy quirky foreign comedies with a strong female lead? Yeah, that's definitely me. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah, the stuff that changes. It's like, here's suggestions for you. I'm like. No, I don't want to watch that at all. I'm not <laughs> interested your... in like the wedding shows and the you know the the chicks the uh, uh, Atlanta housewives <laughs> show. Like, get me out of here. 
Based on your interest on Cake Boss and Megan Wants a Millionaire, we also think you like these hours of your life sucked away no! by vapid nonsense. Please. <laughs> uh, another benefit to being single, you're more rested. Single people get almost 30 minutes of extra sleep a night on average, partly because you don't have to share a bed with another person. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, that 30 minutes of extra sleep, I would happily say goodbye to that in exchange for being able to poke someone and be like, hey, want to do it? Like, I, I, in, in, my, in my optimistic mind, that's what's happening with those 30 minutes. Yeah, keep being optimistic there. <laughs> you're more likely to do well at work if you're single. Uh, one study looked at the careers of scientists and found that the ones who stayed single longer ended up peaking later in life. And female scientists who have their doctorate are twice as likely to be single. Mm-hmm. Those could probably both be seen as negatives, too, though. Like, peaking later in life? I don't know. Does that mean you're just slower getting there? Or does that mean you get to a higher peak because you spent longer getting there before you're like, okay, that's it for me. I just want to sit home and uh, take the path of least resistance by watching another Kardashian show. I think when you're focused on your peak, uh, you've passed it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, these quantum physics and molecular biology are just great. But who did Megan end up choosing on the Wants a Millionaire show? What else? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. When you're single, you can spend your money however you want to. In a recent study, they found that 35% of couples who combine finances admit they've lied about something they bought or hidden something about their finances. Now... Have you uh, have you guys had any communication about money? Seeing as you uh, you have a new cohabitation situation. Yeah, I just bought a fridge. You just bought a fridge. Yeah, those are, that's my expenditures now. Stuff like that. Well, I mean, I, I mean that's a one off. But <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I I think it would be wrong of you to uh, to put any burden of resentment on your relationship because you purchased a fridge. Because whether you were in a relationship or out of a relationship, you'd want to refrigerate your foodstuffs. This is I true. think you just you you just would. But like, I mean, do you uh, do you have sort of like have you decided how you're going to divvy up the bills and things like that? Oh, yeah, we or had that you... talk. Where I whipped out the whiteboard and we we did the fifty fifty thing to figure out how much. You know, we did the budget thing, and she's got way better credit than me, so, you know, that's that's a little intimidating. Uh-huh. But, uh, like, did you actually whip out a whiteboard and, and do a 50-50 yeah. split on stuff? Like, now, that might seem unromantic, but I think knowing, having clearly defined ideas of what your area of responsibility is, is going to stop resentment from creeping in a little later on. So I think that's a very good, healthy thing too. to do. It's all in how you do it, too, because, you know, I busted out the Carl Sagan when I did it, and I go, we're going to live a fantastic life, but we're going to do it 50-50, <laughs> and here's how. Now, okay, so did you, was the whiteboard, we're going to do this 50-50 thing, was that your idea? Do you think she would have chosen to do that if it wasn't for you? No, no, um, you know, the finances are usually, you know, la the last thing the girlfriend thinks of, at least in my history, you know, they, they, I, I they make uh... money, but they don't really... Um, talk about how they spend it well i don't know your uh your chick has significantly better credit than you do apparently so yeah. I, I would imagine that she's a little bit more fiscally intuitive than maybe the uh maybe the chicks you've been hanging out with in the past yeah that's what made the 50 50 talk easy because mm. she's actually and she was smart. okay with that yeah she's a smart cookie she figured it out she figured okay it out 
Mm. That's good. So, like, how does a 50-50 thing work? I mean, it's hard to have, like, 50-50. Are you going to be like the Joy Luck Club where it's just like, no, yeah, no, you ate one of my oranges? No, I think we're going to open up an account together and put all the the bill money in that. You know what I mean? Uh Like, I mean, that seems to be the smartest way to do it. Then everything's attached to one account, and it's not mine or hers, and we can both have separate ones. You know, and then just like at the, you know, 15th and 1st or whatever, dump a bunch of money into that account. Huh. That's the plan, huh. at least. What's the Carl Sagan plan that we came up That's with? That's a Carl Sagan plan. So, like, out of that account, all bills will be paid. Yes. Inclu- rent, utilities, cable, electricity. Even my Spotify account. Oh, really? So she's going to pay for half of your Spotify account? Yes. Does she get to use it? Yeah, well, I'm paying half of her Netflix account, so... Oh, well, I thought it was your Netflix account. I thought oh, no. you were all all annoyed by the uh, quirky British dramas with a strong female lead that were showing up as your recommended viewing. <laughs> nope. Nope, once I started paying <laughs> for half of it, then I went, wait very a Very interesting, minute. very interesting how when she's not around, the way you speak about the Netflix account, <laughs> it would make me assume that it was yours to begin with. Yeah, Uh Yeah. <laughs> so she gets to use your Spotify account. You get to use her Netflix account. What else have you combined? This is very interesting. Well, I, I'm I because I want to do like a you know, like we can talk about this stuff now. We know she's not listening because you said she's in a meeting. Yeah. So like um, we can talk about this stuff now. And six months from now, when she's in a meeting, I want to kind of like revisit <laughs> this area and see exactly see how, how yeah see how this stuff is going. Like what about food? Oh, we we take turns going to the grocery store. Like she'll go, okay. she'll go one time, and I'll go the next time. Sometimes, what if you want to go like grocery a, shopping together? Do you keep track of? I who mean, paid? we we go together, but you know, I'll pay one. She'll pay. You know, I'll pay one time. She'll pay the other time. Unless it's uh-huh. a big ass, big big fat, um, you know, bill, then we'll split it. Right. Interesting. But you know, that's now, before we open up the joint account. So. So, like, do you eat the same amount of food and the same types of food? Like, who has ex- more expensive taste? She's not listening right now, right? Yeah, she eats a right, lot more yeah, yeah. than I do. <laughs> She's a petite girl. I don't know where she puts it. That's probably why. <laughs> Metabolism. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, who has more expensive taste? I mean, you know, if she's uh, if she's out eating you in sheer poundage, like, is there something like, oh, I just, I, I love this particular brand of truffles. <laughs> like, which one of you is going to, like, be pushing the boat out on expensive food and drinks? Which one's going to be? Who? We're pretty evenly matched, and that's what's good about it is, you know, we, we're kind of the same type of person. So there's no <laughs> difference. Hmm, interesting. Well, we shall revisit this six months from now. Tomorrow, very interesting audio from Ferguson. When a bunch of protesters rolled up on one Jesse Jackson. Have yourself an awesome one. You know how a lot of times you feel like a school attorney. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 